0: Soon afterward, he went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. As he drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a considerable crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. Then he came up and touched the bier, and the bearers stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized them all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has arisen among us, and God has visited his people. We are in a series right now, God Loves Widows. It it may seem strange to you that I would pick out a certain group in our congregation and preach a series about them, but really if you've read through the Scriptures, that's not strange at all. Because the Bible is very clear that God pays special attention to the fatherless and to widows again again and again he says take care of the poor take care of the fatherless and take care of widows and so what i've done i've picked out several stories from the bible about widows to share with you that we might see god's heart and that we might also have a heart for the poor for the fatherless and for widows But I think that there are also principles that you'll see in the story today that will apply to you as well as to the widows in the congregation. Now, this is the story of the widow of Nain. Um, My wife asked me on the way this morning, is that Nain or Naan? No, dear. Naan is Indian bread. It's spelled differently. It's Nain. Uh, by the way, I, I found out that there is still a village of Nain. It's spelled differently now. It is N-E-I-N. But this is a story of one being raised from the dead. Now, oddly enough, in all the Old Testament, there were only three people that were that's recorded that were raised from the dead in the Old Testament. One of those in the ministry of Elijah. And I spoke about the son of the widow of Zarephath, Furnace City, if you remember. Spoke about that last week. And then there were two who were raised uh, during the ministry. I started to say, Charles, during the lifetime. But one of those raised by Elisha was after he died. But there were two who were raised from the dead through the ministry of Elisha. Those three in all the Old Testament. And then when you get to the New Testament... In the ministry of Jesus there were only three that are recorded. Now I'm not going to say that there were not others who were raised from the dead, but there were only three raised from the dead during the ministry of Jesus Christ, and as we understand the timeline of his ministry, this is the first. That makes it a very special occasion and especially for the widow of Nain. Now, I want you to notice first of all about this story. Notice Christ coming. You heard in the the verses as they were read, soon afterwards, he went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a great crowd went with him. This village of Nain, it was a small village. It was not really a city. Even today and throughout its history, it seems to have been a village of no more than two or 300 people. And it says that he met a funeral procession at the gate. Understand, this was not a walled city. So Jonathan, there was not a big wall and a big fancy gate. It was simply the entrance to the city. Even unwalled cities had an official entrance uh, and exit There was a place to go in, and usually there was an idol there. There was an altar of some sort where people came. But burials were always done outside of the city. Uh, The modern cemetery within a city is a modern invention, and in that day, everything, all burials were done outside the city. The little village of Nain was a nondescript place It was about 25 miles southwest of Capernaum, about 5 miles from Nazareth where Jesus grew up. The thing I want to point out to you is it's not on the way to anywhere. They didn't invite Jesus to the funeral. He just showed up. No one invited him, no one asked him to come, and no one asked him to do anything, but god loves widows and jesus knew what was going on and out of his heart of compassion jesus went out of his way to a small village to meet a grieving widow just because he cared friend i don't know what situation you're in today i don't know exactly what you're going through i mean i know who of our members are in the in the hospital this morning Uh, Nita Bridges is back in the hospital in St. Vincent North. I I know that some of us have surgery this coming week. I I know what's going on with my members for the most part. By the way, if you don't let us know, we don't know. And we can't pray for you unless you let us know. And we want to know we pray for you. We have a whole list. Nancy, we pray for our shut-ins in our staff meeting every single day week we've got some folks in our church that are chronically ill and I know they should not be here because of their health issues but we pray for them by name every week but we don't know unless you let us know but I want you to know we care about you I'm not just talking about your pastor I'm talking about the whole staff we care about you more than that Jesus cares There are things going on in your life that we don't know about, but God knows, and He cares, and He's coming to meet you. He comes to you where you are just because He cares. Praise God. I want you to notice they met a funeral procession coming out of the city. That funeral procession um, was with a crowd from the city. Now, I don't know the definition of a crowd. Rodney, There's only 200 200 or 300 people in the whole village. But obviously, a lot of them cared about the widow, and it was a momentous thing. It was a huge deal that she had lost her only son. She's a widow. She's lost her only son. And so she's accompanied by a crowd. Uh, They're coming out of the city gate. By the way, it says, Kelly, about... Jesus he came with a great crowd so there was a crowd with the funeral procession Charlotte but Jesus had his apostles his disciples with him and also a great crowd now this was not something that anybody planned except God that was this was an event on God's calendar this was an appointment from God that these two crowds came together glory in this nondescript little village for a momentous miracle of God. He came just because he cared. He was not surprised. I, I thought about this. Um, Samantha, I thought about, I wonder what the people thought when Jesus showed up. His fame had begun to spread. He, Bobby shows up with a big crowd with him. And the crowd just, I can just see them mingling together. And everybody's looking around, what's going on? But it did not take God b- by surprise. Neither does your situation. God knows and God cares. It did not take him by surprise. I want you to notice the widow's dead son. Now, it says in the, in the early verse, a man was being carried out I've tried to figure out Kim how how old is this person because it says a man so he was not a child but then Jesus calls him young man the young man who had died was the widow's only son there is you think about her great loss her only son there is there is sadness i i've been very careful when i'm talking with members of my church about having a child die before them i've been very careful never to say i understand how you feel because i don't that would be a slap in the face but some of you know what i'm talking about you know what nobody else can possibly understand no parent should ever have to bury their own child that we expect it to be the other way around that the children will bury the parents but for a mother a widow get that she has no one else but one son an only son we don't know how he died there is no doubt, by the way, in this case, that he was dead. I mean, people say, well, Jesus said she was only sleeping, about the 12-year-old girl, Jairus. Is the, She's only sleeping, so maybe she was. Maybe she was just in a, in, in a coma, and, and Jesus got her out of the coma, didn't really raise her from the dead. Hello, this guy has been wrapped in burial cloth, stuffed with spices, and they're carrying him out about to put him in the ground there is no doubt about this resurrection that the man was dead but i think about the mother what is she going to do going into the future she does not have a husband to care for her there was no social security in that day there was no widow's pension in that day A widow depended upon her children for her livelihood. She had one son, and now he's gone. That, by the way, thinking about her situation takes us to the next point, and that is I want you to notice the Lord's compassion. By the way, I made very I've carefully put this in because it was pointed out to me that this is a very rare occurrence. In verse thirteen When it mentions the Lord, it's very rare, Larry, in the New Testament for it not to say Jesus or or Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth. But that it says the Lord, Don, is a rare occurrence. So I presume it had to be done on purpose. Notice the Lord's compassion. He had compassion on the mother. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed. With compassion it does not say that he had compassion or that he felt sorry for the son but for the mother his heart was filled to overflowing for her Um, I don't know how many of you know this but I worked my way through seminary working at a funeral home it was uh, by the way it was a good job for a guy going through seminary because I got some experience with funerals and with families and um, when I wasn't mowing the grass, I I had plenty of time to read and study for my seminary classes. It it was a good education. But I'll never forget, we had a funeral for a a young man who was killed in the, the military. And the funeral director told the story, told me the story later about what the woman said the mother of that fallen soldier told him i wouldn't have given him up for anything but she said but i know that my god gave up his only son voluntarily to save my soul oh listen god has compassion on the parent who buries their child he gave up his son and he did so voluntarily he did so for you and for me God's heart overflows for widows but God's heart overflows for the lost if you do not know Christ today Jesus is calling he has come to this place Out of his way so to speak to meet with you because you have a great need you need Jesus and his heart overflows with compassion for you I want you to notice not only his compassion but notice his consolation don't cry he said don't cry now Jacob I don't say that when, when I'm dealing with a family that's lost someone, when I'm dealing with a funeral, I, I'd never say, don't cry. That's not appropriate. But do you understand that, Cheryl, with Jesus, it's very appropriate. He could say, don't cry, because he knows what he's going to do next. He's about to give her back her son. You don't have to grieve don't cry you don't know what's about to happen don't cry I'm going to give him back don't cry don't weep you know I was thinking I I was I got to I skipped out of the meeting here on Monday to go hear Charles preach the the funeral Um, I thought I would come in and sit on the back row I should have realized there were a bunch of Baptists there there was not a single seat at the back of the building the funeral director escorted me to the front row right behind the family. So it was very conspicuous that the pastor showed up at the last minute. But I was I was here with that meeting and then ran to the funeral and then then ran back again. But I was listening to Charles talk about the resurrection, the promise of the resurrection. And Charles, I got to thinking about, wonder who there doesn't believe in the resurrection from the dead. Nancy, I thought, my word, if you don't know about the resurrection from the dead, if you don't know about the promise of God, how miserable your life would be. No hope, no future, no consolation whatsoever. And that leads me to ask you because I want to make sure that you do have that hope this morning. Do you have the hope of Christ within you of the resurrection of the dead? Don't weep. We don't have to weep the way those do who have no hope because we know there is a great resurrection day coming and we will be reunited you parents who have lost children god bless you you can know that you will see them again because of our hope in the resurrection of the dead now i've forgotten who it was that asked me this i would blame it on one of the kims because they're easy to see but i don't know if it was them or not so somebody said to me i don't like that term The hope of the resurrection. We're hoping for the resurrection. Listen, you need to understand there's a difference in the world's idea of hope and the biblical definition of hope. The world's definition of hope, Gerald, is I hope I win the lottery. Fat chance, but I hope I do. That's the world's idea of hope. But listen, that is not the biblical idea of hope. The biblical idea of hope is I have, I have the assurance of the resurrection of the dead and I am looking forward to it. I hope for the resurrection of the dead. It has more an idea of patiently waiting with the assurance that it's going to happen. Do you have the hope of Jesus Christ within you of the resurrection of the dead? If you don't, you need to come to Jesus today. You need to know Jesus. I want you to see that he touched the beer. Now, we had some discussion in the office about how to pronounce that, right, Linda? And and we checked it out. It, It is pronounced beer. It's not buyer. It's beer. He touched the beer. One of the translations that I read said he touched the coffin. Donna didn't have coffins in that day. They buried people too quickly. The way that they buried them was the way you read about Lazarus, uh, the way you read about Jesus, that the body is wrapped in cloths, linens, sheets, and along with spices, aromatic spices to cover the smell of a decaying body and so that body wrapped almost like like a mummy is being carried on a stretcher on the shoulders or or pallbearer style down the street and Jesus walked up and touched the stretcher they were carrying you say what's the big deal about that it was unclean carried a dead body uh, He is unclean by the law of Moses when he touches that. But listen, think about this. Jesus forever touched the untouchables. He touched people, lepers, the dead. By the way, it's recorded that Jesus, uh, the only funerals that it's recorded that Jesus attended, he broke up. Jesus just wasn't much good at funerals. He disrupted everyone he went to. He raised the dead person. I got a few snickers out of that. The the Bible only records three. And he disrupted them all. I'll let you figure those out and name them later. I told you. That there were three people raised from the dead during his ministry he went to the funerals of all three and he raised all three from the dead not only did he touch the beer which stopped the procession now I don't know Don whether they stopped out of shock because he actually touched something that was untouchable he made himself unclean by doing that or if he stepped in front of them and stopped The procession, but he put a stop to it and then he said to the dead, Arise, arise. He said, Young man, I say to you, Arise. That is important to me. I say, Arise. Based on who I am, based on the authority that I've been given, Jesus, the Son of God, said rise up rise up listen to me one day those in the graves will hear his voice saying rise up I look forward to that day I I don't know Delane I just soon meet him in the air I'm not anxious to die I would I'd love for the rapture to come right now would not be too soon for me I'm ready to go are you if Jesus shows up now, and he says, rise up, and the dead begin to rise, and we who are alive and remain go to meet him in the air. Are you ready for that? I, I love Rick Adams was the president of the seminary in Florida during the time I was teaching there, not while I was attending there, but while I was teaching there. And he always signed his letters awaiting the shout amen awaiting the shout one day he will say rise up i want you to notice then the widow's comfort not only his consolation his compassion the widow's comfort says in verse 15 the son sat up and spoke then the dead boy says boy here, sat up and began to talk. I told my class this morning that that is a miracle in itself. And some parents would love to have that miracle that their sons would begin to actually talk with them. And that, and that is the right translation. In the ESV it says he sat up and spoke, but the verb that's used there means he started talking. Like I guess he had a lot to say. I'm not, all the, I'm not sure all that he told about, but the, I, I get the idea that he talked like, well, no, I'm not going to name anybody's name in this room. It's tempting, but I'm not going to call any names. But you all know people that have a lot to say, and they're a little bit hard to get away from. And I get the idea that that young man started talking continuously. And I think his mother was thrilled to death. By the way, talk about a resurrection from the dead. It would be one thing for him to sit up. I've, I've heard stories because I was, I worked at a funeral home. I heard stories about corpses sitting up because of, that's not true. That doesn't happen. If it did, it would empty the funeral home and i wonder how people in the crowd reacted Larry, i can't help but think they, they they all backed off when he sat up i think she drew near and he started talking what a blessing talk about a consolation a comfort for the mom when the dead son began to speak then i want you to notice Jesus gave the son son to the mother. There is no way to describe this scene. Her only son, of whatever age he was, he's called first a man, and Jesus said a young man, then it says the boy. I don't know how old he was, but he was dead. He was gone. And Jesus gave him back to his mother talk about a gift from God I cannot conceive of how she must have felt sort of like when one of your children folk come down the aisle during the invitation or meet me in the family room after the service and they call on Jesus and they receive the gift of life and he who was dead she who was dead is now alive with everlasting life there's nothing like seeing your kids get saved and it's like jesus gives you back your children what a comfort isn't it a comfort parents to know that your kids are saved Man, there's nothing like it. But listen, there is coming a day, I said this already, there is coming a reunion day when those who know the Lord will be together again with no separation. In that day, Jesus, who has said, Arise, will wipe away every tear and there will be no more separation. I look forward to that day. And I would say again for the fourth time, I hope you're ready for it. I hope you're prepared. I hope you have that hope of the resurrection of the dead. But I want you to notice finally the, the crowd's confession. It says in verse 16 that they reacted with awe. Now it says fear, but you do understand that if you... If the fear comes on you and you are glorifying God, that what that means, Jonathan, that's reverential fear. It's not run and hide fear. It's not Halloween kind of fear. It's not scary clown Halloween kind of fear. It is an awe of God. Fall on your face before him in reverence and in awe. Oh, listen, if you don't understand what I'm talking about, maybe you don't know Jesus. I, we've talked before in this place about what's going to happen, Zach, when I see him. When I stand before him, Noah, will I play the drums or will I dance? Will I sing? Will I shout? Or will I simply fall on my face in awe before Jesus? Do you know... Do you know, if you don't understand reverential awe, fear of God, do you really know Jesus? Do you know how great he is? Do you know how godly? Do you know Jesus? They confessed that Jesus was a prophet sent from God. They praised God saying, A mighty prophet has risen among us And God has visited his people today. I like that. But that's not enough. You understand that? They said a mighty prophet has arisen from God. What they did not say is for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believe in Him, would not perish, but have everlasting life. They, they had a head knowledge. They recognized that a prophet has come. And there are a world of people who recognize Jesus as a prophet from God, but they don't know Him as Savior. If that's you this morning, I need to make clear that recognizing Jesus was a great man is not enough. That recognizing that he is a prophet from God is not enough. You must know him as the Son of God and as your Savior. Somehow you've got to get out of your head and into your heart the truth of who Jesus is and what he wants to do for you. He wants to save you. He wants to take you from death to life. To give you eternal life eternal hope in his name and anything short of that is not enough i've explained it before is taking your life all that you are and all that you can be and placing yourself in the hands of god i promise you by the way if you do that No man can ever take you out of his hands. You can never lose that salvation that he gives. It is eternal life. It's not temporary life. It is eternal life. And no one can ever take that gift of salvation away from you. But you don't have it if you've never repented of your sins and trusted in Jesus Christ.